Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut. You know, I went keto in 2016 to reverse diabetes, type 2 that is, and lose weight. It's my mission to spread the science of keto and to show the world how cooking is necessary for keto success. Oh yeah, and spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. Right. Keto spaghetti, right? Of course. I'm Carrie Brown, and I also live in Connecticut, just down the road from Carl. I'm a trained pastry chef who went keto to control and eventually eliminate symptoms from bipolar 2 disorder and depression. I no longer have to take any medications, and I no longer have any symptoms. It's my mission to show the world that keto food is entirely delicious, and with a great recipe, it can be tastier and way healthier than any other kind of food. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. Yep, it's a document of our experiences reversing depression, diabetes, and bipolar 2 disorder, and how both of us feel better than we ever have before. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Now, we're not doctors, so there will be no medical advice given. That's correct. We do not have a prescription pad. We just want to share our experiences and review the research that supports it. On this podcast, we share our recipes and any science we find in the show notes at 2ketodudes.com. Sharing recipes that will help you on your keto journey is my favorite. So let's get started with podcast number 188, Chef Robert Speaks. Before we get started, let's explain in plain English what a ketogenic diet is. Sure, that's any diet that puts you into a state of ketosis where you're burning fat for energy rather than glucose. And the way we did it was to limit our carbs to 20 grams or less every day, have a moderate amount of protein. Protein doesn't really change. One to one and a half grams a day for every kilogram of lean body mass you have. And all of our energy comes from fat. Fat? That stuff the expert told us for years would make our bodies fat if we ate it. That's right, they were wrong. And if you're just starting, listen to our Starting Keto show at start.2keto.com or just start listening from episode one. So, Carrie, how was your week last week? What's new? Well, I've been heads down buried in taxes this week. And I know I'm late. But that Lyme disease from last year really got me off track, and I'm still catching up on paperwork, but the end is in sight. Yeah. So I got myself a new CPA who is going to get me back to zero and get me all sorted out and get me registered with all the people in Connecticut that I should be registered with, and we're going to move forward. Fan-damn-tastic. So there was that, and then baby Ermintrude had her surgery. Oh, no, surgery for what? Well, because so she can't have more baby Ermintrude. Oh, that kind of surgery. That kind of surgery. So that was a thing. I had to go and sit in Windsor Locks for 12 hours. Yeah. So I made very good friends with a new coffee shop owner up in Windsor. <laughs> Windsor, Connecticut, not quite like Windsor, England, is it? Yes, Windsor, Connecticut. So I've got new friends up there now. I sat in their coffee shop for 12 hours. Nice. And um, 
and and they kept me fueled with coffee all good, day. Good. And actually, they also made me some really cool breakfast sandwich things without the sandwich part. Oh, nice. And um, so they kept me fueled, keto fueled all day long. So that was cool. Great. And then I decided it would be super fun to hold a holiday cooking masterclass. Oh, cool. Like online or in person? Oh, well, well, a bit of both, actually. Huh. During October, um, we're, we're going to have a private masterclass Facebook group. And in October, I'm just going to do a bunch of live Q&As. Mm-hmm. So people can come and, and ask any question they want to ask about all the recipes in the holiday cookbook. Okay. They can ask anything they want and I will troubleshoot with them or they can whatever. But then in November, I'm going to do videos of me cooking the things from the holiday cookbook. Oh, great. And so it's kind of it's kind of a bundle. You can have the masterclass. If you don't have a, a digital copy of the holiday cookbook, you can get that as well. Or if you already have it, then you just pay less for the masterclass. So you can you can do either. It's going to be super fun. And I'm very excited. Um, I'm also a little bit nervous because shooting videos is different from live TV. And yeah. I've done live TV, but I haven't done videos. Videos so. are easier because if you mess up, you can just do it again, right? <laughs> <laughs> live TV is kind of like, wow. I yeah. don't know. Maybe I just work better that way. I don't know. Anyway, mm. it's it's the first time I've done a masterclass and, and people are super excited and I'm super excited and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. So that that's me. It's been a very busy time. What's been going on at your end, Cousin Carl? Ah, uh, yes, Cousin Carrie. Well, I also did some tax work this week, but it was um, sales tax, Connecticut sales tax that I have to charge for people who buy cookbooks and music to code buy and all that stuff that download, uh, you know, and it's only 1%. It's 1.1% sales tax. But yeah, I had a couple of years outstanding that I had to go get all the stuff together and so that took a lot out of me, but I finished that. But I balanced that with a really fun weekend last weekend with two gigs. Ooh, tell us about the weekend. Yeah, so Saturday night I played with a big Steely Dan tribute band, you know, the Franklin Brothers Band, a uh, 10-piece, and a, a local, I'm going ca- I'm to stop calling him a kid because he's 19, but he was a kid when he was on The Voice. He was a semifinalist. His name is Braden Sunshine. Oh, Braden, we had him headlining at Keto Fest this year, and he was fantastic. Yeah, he's amazing. And so he sat in for a few songs with us uh, on Saturday night, and it was just amazing. I'll put up some uh, videos once I have them. But that was at The Social here in New London. And then Sunday evening, I played with a sort of unplugged group that's kind of like bluegrass, Irish folk, American music. Um, at a That newly- sounds a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And that was at a newly opened Irish bar in Groton, Connecticut called 40 Thieves. And it was awesome. So, all right. So, fun aside, I scheduled a new local meetup. Yay, meetup! It's going to be a build-your-own chaffle burger. <laughs> Chaffles. Build-your-own chaffle burger. That's what I said. Uh <laughs> <laughs> meet up at my house. And basically, if you want to cook your own burger, you can. We've got plenty of range space. But if you want us to cook your burger 
And then you just dress it with your favorite stuff. You can do that. But we'll have like rye chaffles and we'll have garlic, you know, bread chaffles and regular ones. All the chaffles. All the chaffles. And and then all the fixins, all the fixins, the bacon, the onions, the mushrooms, lettuce, tomato, and the It's a chaffle fest. Sugar-free ketchup and barbecue sauce and some really good mayonnaise that isn't made with soybean oil and Oh man, I'm just looking forward to it because I love chaffle burgers. So if you, if you are determined to get me on board the chaffle train, aren't you? Oh, they're just so good. So if you if you're in the New London County area, uh, you can sign up for the New London County Ketogenic Support Group, which now has 633 members. So you can reserve your spot and sign up. By going to chaffleburgers.2keto.com. That's chaffleburgers.2keto.com. <laughs> if you say so, dearie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, a new version of the Bazoodles cookbook came out with spaghetti and meatballs. Yay! Yeah. So now there's, what, 11 recipes? So I'm making my way to 20. And uh, you can... Order that cookbook online at cookbook.bazoodles.com. And of course, if you've already bought the cookbook, then you're getting all of this updated stuff for free. Right. And if you bought it and you still haven't gotten any emails, send me an email, carl at twoketodudes.com, and I'll definitely take care of it. But uh, the number of those people is dwindling very rapidly. So Technology's awesome yeah, when it, it works. Exactly when it works. All right, Carrie, well, let's give away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to one lucky member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club, which you can join for free at fanclub.2keto.com. So who's this week's winner, Carl? Today's winner is Dennis Watley. Dennis! Good job. Good show. And Dennis wins a coffee mug just for being a member of the fan club. And if you don't want to wait to win a coffee mug, you can get your own online at gear.2keto.com. Right. And now it's time for... I believe that actually you have an email for us. Yeah, that's right. It's not a forum post, which we've been doing a lot of lately. I actually got an email from one Gladys O'Brien who was just so happy uh, with the bazoodles she had to share this. She says, Hi Carl, I really love simple pasta meals. I miss pasta so much. I've not eaten any since 1990. So your creation is a godsend. I used to create the most amazing meatless sauces that drove people wild. You know it's adored when guests eat and do not lift their faces from the plate to come up for air. <laughs> Quick and simple, that's the name of the game here, you know? That special deliciousness you can throw together no matter how tired you are arriving home in the evening. KISS, K-I-S-S, keto is simply scrumptious, which is also keep it simple, stupid. So here she says, warm oil very gently in a small saucepan on medium heat, a quarter to a third of a cup of extra virgin olive oil, the fruitiest you can find. Add two small cloves of garlic that are smashed with a knife but still in one piece. Allow the garlic to cook to become golden and remove it. All you want to do is perfume the oil with garlic. Add a good pinch of red pepper flakes and salt to taste. Pour this sauce over the pasta. Sprinkle with Parmesan cheese. How cool is that? Just 
oil, garlic, salt, pepper. Yep, that's all you need. It's all you need. And she says, now my mother would prepare a variation on a theme, however, using lots of butter and Romano cheese. And dad would complain about mom's stinky cheese. <laughs> and I would tell him to leave her alone. She's loving her gastronomic moment. Carl, it cannot be simpler. Keto cannot be simpler with a sauce like this. Regards, Gladys. Wow, Gladys. Isn't that cool? I must admit, when you first started reading, the name Gladys O'Brien doesn't make me think of sauces to drive people wild. But you know what they say, it's always the quiet ones. Makes me think of potatoes, corned beef and cabbage. And most definitely, Gladys's heritage was not here. Yeah, well, it's cool because I really like the, the fact that, you know, when Richard and I started this podcast, we were foodies. Of course, we still are, but we were really trying to expose all the science. And we did that, you know? And when you came on, we, we just sort of switched gears to uh, when there's great science that comes out, we talk about it, but it's all about the food. I mean, food is every day. Every day you either have to eat or not eat, but something is going on with food, right? And really, as brilliant as the science is and as cool as it is to understand it, at the end of the day, you've still got to figure out what to put on your plate. And right. I think that's where we've moved to is that – there's all the science. We, we got four years of science you can go listen to. It's all there. With the new stuff as it comes out. But now we're talking more about how you translate all that science and expertise into what you actually put in your mouth, which, yeah. is, which is the thing that's going to make or break your keto journey. Exactly. So um, Gladys also said she's perfecting an olive bread to accompany this pasta. Wow, that's fantastic. Gladys, I hope you're going to come and join us in the Keto Kitchen Facebook group and share this pasta joy. Yeah, maybe we'll get to hear that in the next episode or on our social media channels, as you say, later this week. I hope so. Uh, okay, so now we're going to roll a recording that we did with Chef Robert Ramsey at RD86. Uh, and I was actually up in the attic, in the loft with Robert, and you were remote. So that was just just a couple of days ago. So let's roll that recording. All right. Well, through the magic of radio, I've been transported to the attic over RD86. The big empty room sounds probably a little boomy. You might hear some cars going by. You might hear some uh, clunking and clattering, but that's okay. We're in a big loft um, with Robert Ramsey of RD86 fame. Hi, Robert. Hi, Carl. Hey, Robert. How are you? Great, Carrie. How are you? Awesome. RD86, If any, for anyone who has come to Keto Fest, knows that this has been the center of the culinary universe for Keto Fest for two years now. And before that, it w was the same space, but it was called uh, Spark Maker Space. And uh, Robert took it over, turned it into a restaurant and an, a research and development kitchen. So, Robert, you have great ideas. You're always looking for a way to... Uh, utilize the resources that you have for new business opportunities. And also, along the way, you're bringing in a lot of local restaurateurs and chefs and people who want to start food service companies. It's kind of a melange of all of that stuff, isn't it, RD86? It is. Um, so, you know, usually when I look at a space, I don't come up with an idea 
and then turn around and say, okay, how do you make it work in this space? What I usually do is I find a space and then I kind of transform the space to really kind of support or make impact. And so when we found this space here, which is, used to be the, uh, it's at 86 Golden Street in New London, which is the old historic LNG club. LNG nightclub. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was really rich. The assets were really rich here because it was kind of off Main Street on a side street, which I think New London needed from an activation kind of thing. So, uh, it was a very big space inside and outside. And so our vision originally was to really get involved in hospitality and food. But you had a successful restaurant before that, and you've done hospitality and food for many years, right? Yeah, I, but I think the, the biggest issue was is trying to attract talent here in New London yeah. and support the people that have good restaurants, but really help build the culture. And I didn't want to do that through just opening up a restaurant that was all about my reputation. So what we really wanted to do is to create something that was kind of an incubator but more of a hospitality incubator that would invite people like you, Carl, with Keto Fest, um, any entrepreneur who wanted to launch a business or a product in a space. You know, I really wanted them to come here and use the audience that we built in our restaurant, mm. you know, to, to prototype, hence RD at 86 Golden Street, to research. prototype their, yeah, research and development, um, you know, develop their ideas from a lean startup approach so they can go out, maybe open something. So it was really like a test kitchen um, and not necessarily just to test products, but to test people's mindsets, um, proof of concept. So, but along the way you created a very successful local restaurant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, who knew? <laughs> I just want to say that the first time I came to RD86 was for Keto Fest 2018 when Carl and I had really only known each other for about a minute. And I walked into RD86. And for those of you who've been there know that you walk in and there's this bank of, of glass between the restaurant and the kitchen. And it was just fabulous to walk in. And I mean, I know I'm a pastry chef, so this kind of thing is, is geeking out for me. But to walk into a restaurant and to be able to see the sausage making or the whatever it is and and kind of see the people that are creating the food and seeing everything that goes on behind the scenes, I just find this fascinating. So that for me was just an extra something that made RD86 stand out for me from the first second I walked in. Yeah, it's neat. There's a kitchen in the main space where a lot of the main food service is done for, you know, with prepped food and then the prep area uh is in the back behind the glass as as carrie was saying it's a very cool dynamic that you get when you're in here but so i remember talking to you the first time about keto fest and you're like well what is keto right and i said well it's basically for me it's exceptional cooking without sugar and starch and you're like i don't use sugar and starch in most of my stuff you have like the french um sort of ideas about cooking where you thicken with butter, not with cornstarch, with fl not with flour. And that's reflected in a lot of the food you already do. Of course, you have carby sides like, you know, potatoes and whatever, but all restaurants have that. So, but I thought that was a really instant connection that we made there. Well, we, we, you know, I met you 
with music, I met you because the people that had this space before when you did something. Yeah. Um, and I was real apprehensive in getting involved in the Keto Fest because I just didn't know what it was about. Right. You know, I you thought didn't maybe. Overcommit. Yeah, I didn't want to overcommit to something I didn't understand. Mm. And I was like, man, am I going to do something that's a weight loss thing and right. what's out there? And, um, you know, and then when I find out that you're this foodie, and you start talking about this food. I'm like, I cook that food. Yeah. So in our restaurant, we actually, which is great, we get a lot of people that I've met through these keto beat-ups, through Keto Fest, yeah. that are regulars in our restaurant now. Right. And they come in here because the way that we design or our approach towards food is look at it as components. Because if I make something that has sugar, starch in it, I can't, if somebody comes in who's a keto person, mm. they can't have that. And I can't undo that. Right. You know, especially with the slow braised stuff, things that take a while. So our whole thing was is stay kind of true to the proteins. Right. You know, if somebody wants starch, we've got starches that are side. And yeah. we kind of create the dishes around that. So one of the things that you taught me was when you're braising meats, like you do a lot of braised meats. Yeah. A lot of braised ribs, short ribs, that kind of thing. And you put in your mirepoix, your vegetables, or your holy trinity, or whatever it happens to be, but your vegetable mix gets roasted and braised along with the vegetables. And then to make the sauce, you simply, you know, pulverize the the sauce with all those roasted vegetables in it to thicken the, the gravy. Yep. And there's no flour, there's no cornstarch, and that was, you just did that before we even talked about keto, you were doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, um... You know, but, you know, I have to say, though, Carl, you know, through talking to you, you know, it kind of, you know, when I actually found out, you know, and actually taught and helped teach people how to come up with processes around what you were doing in food, I was like, my gosh, but we we're already cooking that. Right. And that's what was amazing to me. But to hear the stories yeah. about people who've had, what is it, type 2 diabetes, type two diabetes that come in here and say, I don't have a choice. It's not right. about weight loss. That's when it, the whole thing with me and you and Keto Fest yeah. kind of changed. Yep. And, um, and that's where I said, this is a great platform. You know, the way that we had it built out, I felt like what a huge success because we didn't know. That bottle of Woodford may have helped. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Carrie know this whole story? I don't know. Do you? Do you know the story about how we actually got Robert on board? How? I, I don't, but I'd love to hear it. You want to tell it? Well, you know, I think if I tell it, hey, Carl tells it, it'll be two totally uh, no, different, separate. I can, I can tell a self-deprecating version of it. I'll, I'll tell you the beginning of, of of my kind of perspective on this. You know, Carl came in and, you know, and I'm almost saying for this those is after, that, you don't, that don't know Carl, it's like Carl knows everybody. This is after Keto Fest 2017. Yeah, so 20, between Keto Fest 2017 and when we actually did Keto Fest in 2018, you know, Carl came to me and said, um, Carrie, um, hey, I'd like to do this keto thing here again. And I says, what do you mean again? I said, I don't own, I, I now have this space. The people that were in it before aren't involved. And he says, yeah, well, you know, I'm doing this. This is a really good cause and everything else. So this is great. But there was a wood shop, which is now our big production kitchen. And I said, I don't know if I can commit to this. Because I, I want to gut this. I want to pull in a full kitchen. I want to put it in a stadium kitchen. And, and you said I was going to do it like in three months. Yeah, three months. And I was like, yeah, right. You're not going to do that in three months. And that, that, that bothered me. <laughs> I was like, least. who the hell does this guy think he is? 
now, now, now I'm burning to make it happen. And so he, he's like, yeah, that'll never happen. And I was like, yeah, well, good luck with Keto Fest here next year. Right. You and literally so he said, comes back I'm to not me, interested. Because I guess it was uh, Jeannie Siegel at The Guard who, you know, yeah. does a lot of the keto stuff. Yeah. And she said, you got to go down to RDE6. And he's I said, like, what? Where's what? this place? <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're open for business. They got a restaurant. The kid, and I walked in. I'm like, oh, my God, he did it. And so... From my perspective, in this town, I'm not talking smack about New London, but now you've had a taste of dealing with local people, right? Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of talk around here about dreams and plans and stuff, and very rarely does anybody uh, follow through. So there's a lot of talkers, but not a lot of follow through. Most of it is because these decisions are embroiled in, in committees, and there's always people that have their interests and the people that they want to put on jobs and stuff. And so just nothing ever happens here. Like, it's rare that somebody like Robert comes in and says, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then it's done. So I was agog. So one of the things that I loved about what you said a minute ago, Robert, is that I think in, in the keto world, there's kind of this this misconception that if it's because it's a diet, which for a lot of people come to for weight loss, and because it's it like excludes certain food groups, i.e. carbohydrates, that it it cannot be delicious. I, I think a lot of people kind of approach keto with this kind of, you know, I'm going to have to give up my love of food. I've got to be on this diet, in air quotes, forever. I And it, it, it's like you can't have both. And you didn't come to keto be, because of yourself. You were introduced to it. And you didn't have that boundary of it's one or the other. It can either be delicious or it can be healthy. You didn't come with that. You didn't come with the mindset of, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to change everything I do. Oh my goodness, this is a huge, big thing. And oh, ah, like a lot of restaurants and chefs kind of look at keto and go, oh, this is difficult. And they're making a whole separate menu and and, they're, and it, it just becomes this really complicated thing. And there's still this kind of overriding sense that you have to choose between eating delicious food or eating keto, and you totally, without coming from the same direction that Carl and I did, which was from a you know a health perspective, you totally didn't even go there. You didn't start there and then navigate out of it. You just didn't go there in the first place. You went straight to, well, yeah, we'll just make delicious food without the use of sugars and starches. You can see this in a lot of restaurants that um – and what they do with the whole gluten-free thing, right? Not a whole lot of restaurants have a gluten-free moniker on their menu next to items, and the people who have celiac disease struggle with that, right? And and I kind of think that maybe restaurants have that same hesitation with keto because, oh, this is just a way that I'm restricting my audience and then making all of the other people who don't have these conditions feel like, you know, they're playing, that they're second rate customers. Yeah. I think a lot of, of uh, people think that keto is just restrictive and, and, you know, so if someone keto comes to your restaurant, it's like, 
it's hard and, yeah. oh, I have to think about this whole new thing and, oh, these people are just difficult. And, and actually, keto people are like the easiest in the world because, you know, you, you actually, you give us a delicious piece of well-cooked meat or poultry and a, a side of well-cooked green vegetables and we're as happy as clams. Well, let me, let me address why that happens. And, you know, one of the conversations that Carl and I have had, you know, through Carl with, you know, some of the products that he's been trying to launch, um, and sell them to restaurants is you got to look at the mindset of a restaurant owner. You know, they don't want to deviate from anything because then they've got to retrain people. They got to retrain their staff and there's a cost to it. You know, what's different about what we do here as a, non-restaurant restaurant is we want to teach entrepreneurs and staff that come in here how to cook with constraints or how to cook in, in difficult situations so they're used to that and so you know we get a lot of um you know people that are requesting gluten-free items and so we embrace all of that and we try to figure out a way to educate ourselves in processes that allow us to still be creative in the food that we want to do, mm. but also accommodate, you know, people that have dietary issues. I mean, you know, and it's not easy, but just because it's, it's hard doesn't mean that it can't be done. And so one of the things that I've been very inspired by is getting involved in these keto meetups and keto fest here in New London, because I've met some wonderful chefs and people that aren't trained chefs that have, you know, real health issues with, with eating. Um, there was a story, and I can't remember his name, the truck driver. Oh, Yogi Parker. Yeah, Yogi Parker. Yay, Yogi! Yeah, and, you know, this guy comes in, you know, he's a big guy. And, yeah. you know, I'm asking what he does, and I should have asked, well, what didn't you do or what haven't you done? Right. You know, he's done everything. Right. But he, he was truck driver, and he's going up and down, and he's like, I can't stop anywhere without getting fast food, things that aren't healthy for me. Yeah. And he started his his whole demo that he did was a little campfire setup that he would carry in his truck. And I remember it. It was um I forgot the sausage, but it was sausage, pork, cabbage. Pork belly hash. It's pork it? belly hash with cabbage and yeah. I'm like, my maple God. essence. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I would sell that in my restaurant during brunch. It was so good. And to me, a lot of the people are cooking and I'm like that's not even like a dietary thing that no. I would put on the menu. You know, that's just good it's food. It's good food. And it's good home cooking. And so, you know, when we talked about it, you know, I get excited and enrolled in what he's doing because I forget that it's not just, oh, I'm trying to, you know, and I don't want to use any words like Jenny Craig and, you know. Yeah, I yeah. start now hearing it's like, and we're now keto friendly. It's like everybody's joining this bandwagon and I'm not, I don't, Follow keto, a keto diet. The only restriction you have is, uh, dairy. I right? don't, I don't do, I can't do dairy yeah. at all. So, right. Um, you know, I'm okay with butter, you know, as long as I limit it. But I never see you eating sweets and stuff. Like, you're not like a sweet tooth guy. I'm sweet enough. Are Carl. you? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see you. Is what you're saying? That's what you're supposed you're to just, edit that one out, right? You're eating that at home. In <laughs> no, the you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I just, <laughs> you know, ever since I was little, I was always like, if I didn't eat, if, if I had room for dessert, I didn't eat enough dinner. 
you know, we, we grew up eating pretty well, you know, father would always take us out to really nice restaurants as kids. So we all, all, all of my brothers and sisters, we all have pretty good palates. Yeah. So we've been culture around food. So yeah, I just. And your dad was in the food industry as well, right? Uh, yeah, before he passed away, he owned a, um, uh, company from Johnsonville or Johnsonville. I forgot the name of the company. Johnsonville Sausage. He bought a company that was a food manufacturing company. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he was crazy. All of us, uh, four of us were all in college, private college, all at one time, <laughs> the four of us. And then, um, you know, my father was hoping for a few doctors, engineers, yeah, lawyers, and he got a bunch of us working in the restaurant business. I imagine that most of people listening right now don't own restaurants. You know, we're amateur cooks, we're people that cook for ourselves, but we're always going to restaurants and we're always going up, you know, playing that game of ask the chef if there's any cornstarch in this or any flour, and you don't know whether to trust that when they come back or not. Is there any sugar in this? Um, we're always playing that game. What do you suggest to to our listeners to how to approach restaurants with you know uh, w- with keto dishes that they could possibly do? If somebody came to you and said, "Hey, I've got these items with recipes that you might be interested for a menu," you probably get that all the time. You're going to blow yeah. that off. Are there any secret code words that people should use when talking to restaurant owners about that? No, here, here, here's what I'm going to say about that. You know, as a restaurant owner, I often have to make decisions on not what I want to cook, not the way I want to cook, but what are the best decisions for me to be a profitable business sure. in a market. You know, we have a lot of um, entrepreneurs that we film that come in that want to start a business but lack experience. Mm. We have a girl that's a vegan, and I don't know a lot about vegan cooking at all. And she comes in, and my advice was, what experience do you have? She's like, none. And so I'm sitting there and saying, for your first business, it's very hard to be in, I don't want to use the word niche market for her. What I want to say is it's very, when you're constraining that, you're not being all things to all people. You know, and you're limiting the amount of people you come in. It's difficult for her to make decisions. So right. when people come and saying, Oh my gosh, I love your restaurant. And it happens to be a vegan restaurant. Mm. And you say, you know, where they're using like satan, which is high gluten flour, mm. um, to say, Hey, you should put meat on your menu. You know, they'd probably say, you know, you could go take a hike. Right. That's not um, us. So what, what my, to answer your question specifically is pick restaurants that have food that you enjoy eating. Like yeah. there are some great steakhouses and there's yes. some that are, that are inexpensive and go to places that are respectful of the food they do. You know, my daughter, we found out that at the age of four, you know, she had been eating fish, you know, she had salmon and something and her whole face swelled up. We had to rush her to the hospital, find out that she's deathly allergic to fish, wow. not shellfish. And so I get worried about going to some of the, you know, Thai restaurants that use fish sauce and all these other things that aren't necessarily always listed on the menu or how they're preparing it. And so, you know, my wife and I love eating at those types of restaurants, but we don't go because we just don't want to risk it. Hmm. But from a keto standpoint is I would say find restaurants that you can build a great relationship with. Know the owners, know the chefs and go in there and don't try to deviate what they do. Order the steak and say, just don't give me the starch. Right. You know, but then you, you, you just, you have to ask and say, listen, 
I have an allergy to, to sugar. A carbohydrate allergy. Carbohydrate allergy, right? you know. But you have to be honest with them. And if you're not getting an honest answer or they don't know, you know, it probably is that they don't care. Yeah. But there's so many good restaurants and, you know, and they're quick service as far as, you know, you know, yeah. it's, it's for me, you've got to educate yourself. Right. You know, on what the place is, how do they practice what they do? I mean, Carl, you come in here a bunch. What do you do? You send me a text message <laughs> yeah. to say, you got ribeye on tonight. And I'm That's like, right. absolutely. <laughs> so we press the button, all the red lights start going, all the people start <laughs> running around saying, get the butter fat, get the tallow, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, you know, I think part of what I'm intrigued about the work that you guys are doing is that you're, you're looking at ways to give people access to information. And, you mm-hmm. know, me once again, coming into this as a support person right. for a lot of wonderful people that I've met, it's, you know, you know, I always tell people start cooking for yourself and enjoy food that way. That's how I got into the restaurant business is because I enjoyed cooking at home. Mm. You know, I like people going to restaurants. You know, I want all people to go to restaurants. Like all people should enjoy restaurants, not just because they have to service a, you know, filling their stomachs. Yeah. But going there because it's entertainment. It's, you know, community. You're going with people. There's another good example of how, um, something on Robert's menu was keto to begin with before we even met is your chicken wings. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You just do a salt and pepper and spice rub and then fry them that way. Yeah. So we cook, for example, the, um, chicken wings we do. It's really in, it's, it's, it's just, it's salt and garlic yeah. and oil. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we cook them. There's two ways we do it. We smoke them on the, um, on our outdoor smokers mm-hmm. or we do them in our convection oven at a very low temperature. Yeah. And, um, and then it's just fried. And then our sauces is what we add the flavor into it. So, Well, before we go, Robert, we usually, um, Carrie usually, shares a uh, recipe. And um, <laughs> But we'd like to ask you for your one of your trade secret recipes here that you do at RD86, specifically brisket. And here's why. I have never had better brisket than I've had here at RD86. I don't know how you do it. All I know is I was watching a throwdown with Bobby Flay, and it was a guy in Philly doing a brisket grinder. And for those who aren't from Pennsylvania, East Coast, whatever, a grinder is a sandwich, a hero, uh, a sub-sandwich, a hoagie, all right? So this guy cooks his brisket. First of all, he brines his brisket for 24 hours, and then he cooks it at 350 for 12 hours get out of town it's crazy and i and he puts it he braises it in the oven for 12 hours whereas bobby flay didn't mar you know he marinated it but in the marinade he just put it in the oven also 350 but for three hours three and a half hours four hours whatever and they liked his better they liked bobby's better so did this guy overcook his brisket i'm not sure here i mean i i'm not an expert at brisket we just yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you how easy it is it's it's the secret of brisket for me personally and there are some wonderful pit masters across the united states there's a guy that i've never met that i would like to meet a guy's Mm. name is um aaron franklin out of austin texas Mm. franklin barbecue look him up 
saw, I went through one of his master classes that he did on barbecue. And for me, what I've taken away is it's, it's managing fire. It's managing temperature, time. Right. There's so many things in the process. Right. That makes it, that's where all the love comes for me. Yeah. I use salt and pepper and that's right. it. I don't put anything else on it. I don't inject the brisket. I don't marinate it. I don't brine it. But do you braise it and then put it on a smoky grill no, or do you slow I, smoke no, it? No, I just, I, I think it's because I don't know enough about smoking brisket. That's why I say I'm not an expert on it. But what I do know is, is I get the temperature right. I do it real slow. I take off the, some of the fat in the middle between the, the end and the flat piece. And, um, you know, we, but we wouldn't it. necessarily have to do that. No, no, you yeah. can go and buy it. But, you know, I like the fatty burnt end piece because yeah. that's where all the fat is. Right. And, um, I don't take a lot of fat off the top because that's where I smoke it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing it, get a Weber grill. You don't necessarily get an offset smoker where you have a separate chain chamber for the heat. Yeah. But the idea is, is to really get a lot of smoke on that. And time, time and temperature for that? We're doing our briskets, you know, between eight and 10 hours. I mean, in a restaurant, we're not set up as a barbecue place. Okay. So, you know, I'll get in at seven o'clock in the morning and I get the fires up to about 220 degrees. Okay. 225. 220 for yeah. 10 to 12. Oh, no, I have it on there for three or four hours. Oh, three or four hours in yeah. the smoke at yeah, 220. Yeah, smoke. And then because we cook on those same wood fires with skillets, yeah. We um we wrap them in uh parchment and we finish them in a convection oven which is okay. probably blasphemy with the barbecue no, community right. but But I also noticed that you do on the outdoor grill you have a like a squirt bottle that you squirt water on them while they're uh, finishing. Yeah, it's usually it's usually just water that we use for steam. You know, a lot of them will use like cider vinegars and stuff like that for mostly the pork. We do our when I, we do our pork which is also Yeah. you know all no right, so so to recap, four hours at about 220 smoke. Yep. And then another four hours in the oven at what, 300 or no, something? No, 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 no. We keep it low, 225. 225. All right. So you don't want eight hours of smoke on that. You want three or four tops. I would love to get eight hours of smoke, wrap it in butcher paper. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's six hours and we're backwards. What we should do is we should, I should actually have you come and make brisket one day. Well, I want to make it in my house. I have a Traeger grill. All right. But I want to do it on that. I want to figure out how I can do it. Yeah, it's an invite. All right. Yeah. Like I say, I think that recipe there, it's super simple. It's a procedure of how do you clean the brisket? Where do you get the brisket from? Right. And Um, when you finish it in the oven, is it wrapped? Yes, it's wrapped. We wrap it. And is it braising too? Is there braising liquid? We don't braise it. So, what the techniques that these other guys do in your home is, is you're searing the outside of the meat. First. You're, first, yeah. And then you're putting it in a, um, in a little bit of liquid, whether it's stock. Mm-hmm. You put aromatics in there, mm-hmm. you know, mirepoix. And mm-hmm. then what they'll do is they'll cover it and they'll cook it over, you know, low and slow for eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Until it's tender. A lot of people do it longer, but then it becomes dry. Yeah. And then they're reconstituted with the sauce or the braising liquid. So. Sounds good. You got any brisket questions for the master here, Carrie? Yeah, where's my invite? <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, we'll, we'll try if to we're, get... If we're having a brisket throwdown between you two, I need to be there. Well, I need to test the waters first. Now, you don't brine it beforehand. I don't. No, I just don't. salt and pepper? Yep. Robert, thanks. This is this is great. Is there anything that uh, we that you wanted to throw out there or talk about before we sign off? 
Anything no, I else? think it's good. I just, you know, you both of you guys just keep up the good work. You know, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of people that had a lot of health issues. And, you know, you guys are making impact in those lives. And, you know, I feel honored to be a part of that. So, well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. Well, there you go. I'm, uh, as I told Robert, and you know, I feel extremely lucky that all the stars aligned with a guy like Robert and RD86 and Keto Fest and what we're doing and what he wants to do. And it's just when you find people that can help you with your mission, whatever it is, you really just got to, you know, just go for it. Nothing happens by accident. I don't believe in coincidence. Right. Don't brush people off when you think that there might be an opportunity for you guys to work together and help each other. And that's exactly what happened here. Well, that's the show. If you got anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something you don't agree with, or you just want to say, hey, send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com. Come follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at twoketodudes. Add the hashtag two keto dudes to your posts and comments so we can find you. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, go to forum.2keto.com and you can have a look around without having to create an account by starting at success.2keto.com. Oh, and come and check out our Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen, where it's all about the food and the recipes to get the science of keto onto your plate. Yeah. If you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, please consider making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. Those pledging $20 or more per month have access to the exclusive Facebook group 2 Keto Dudes Gold. We also have a free Facebook fan page at fb.2keto.com, so go follow us there. And you can see all our podcasts and other videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. Also, we have an Amazon affiliate store. You can buy your favorite keto ingredients and devices by going to amazon.2keto.com and you can help us out at the same time. We would also love your help in building the most awesome keto community and you can do that very easily by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how a lot of new people get to know about us and our keto community. Plus, you can help by planning on attending Keto Fest in the fall of 2020 because the community that is built there is absolutely incredible. Just head to ketofest.com to get all the latest information. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. Now listen up, kiddos. Keep calm and keto on. Keep calm and keto on, Cousin Carl. Yeah, and we'll see you next time on Two Two Keto Keto Dudes. Dudes.